fantastic. Thank you, guys. A um, couple of observations maybe this morning already. One is that uh, only redheaded people are allowed on stage today, apparently. And the other one is uh, we've taken kind of a southern gospel feel uh, at Calvary more and more, which is kind of funny. Didn't see that coming. But uh, anyway, so fantastic. Thank you, guys, uh, for leading us in, uh, in, in uh, worship this morning. Let's see. Kiddos, if you'd like to be dismissed, you can follow out. William is in charge today back there. So uh, y'all are going to have a great time. It's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be a lot of fun. All right. Well, very good. Well, let's see. We are. Um, we just finished up. My goodness, we were about ten weeks into the book of Colossians, and uh, so today and next week, I'm just going to have a couple of uh, just kind of standalone sermons, which is kind of fun, just to do something that, um, that's not so uh, so planned out. Just kind of what's what the Lord lays on my heart, which is cool. Although the whole book of Colossians is a pretty good thing to lay on anyone's heart. Amen. But uh, anyway, so I just want to talk to you today about. Um, about God's longing to be with His people, um, and because I think um, you know, I think a lot of times the the um, sometimes in in Christian, whenever you get into Christianity very much, you kind of get into the mechanics so much that you kind of forget the motivating purpose. So um, I, 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 let's just pray that the Lord will give us a little of His Spirit of wisdom and, and revelation, as Paul Paul called the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me, and we'll uh, we'll jump in this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to, to you this morning, Lord, I thank you for the time that we could just be in just absolutely just joyous uh, uh, worship and honor and praise of you. Um, Father, we thank you for music. We thank you for songs and the ability to lift up your name and, and all the great things that you are to us and all the great things that you've done for us. And just the majesty and glory of your name, your being, your character, Lord God. We just lift you up this morning. And, and uh, Lord, I, I just pray that you would lift our hearts and our spirits this morning, knowing that, that uh, you are uh, the God who saved us. You are the God who, who wants us, who, who desires us, and you've done everything uh, that needed to happen uh, to make us your people. Lord, we just rejoice in that. We rejoice in being your people uh, this morning. We rejoice in you being our God. It's in uh, the great name of our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. So I want to talk to you real quick, and I'm, we're just going to hit us. We're just going to hit a bunch of verses all over the Scripture, kind of Old Testament, New Testament, both this morning. But I wanted to to just kind of tell you just kind of where I'm headed this morning from the very beginning. So in Genesis chapter three, we have the you know where where Genesis chapter one and two covers the um, the creation. Genesis chapter three covers the fall, and so you've got a couple of chapters where things are just good. Matter of fact, God every t- every day just says this is good. This is good. It, it, he finished it, and it was good. And then we have chapter 3 hits, and then all of a sudden it's not good anymore, right? But it, it kind of starts in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. I, don't, I won't have these up on the screen. I'm just going to talk about them for a minute. We'll jump into these other places. But Genesis chapter 3, verse 8 talks about when Adam and, Adam and Eve fell, when they, when they sinned against God, that they, they chose disobedience uh, against God instead of choosing to be obedient to what God had told them. And so um, in, that, in, in, uh, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, it says that, that God was walking through the garden in the cool of the day, which is fantastic. It's really the only time in all of Scripture that you see God inhabiting the same place as his people, that God the Father walking through, or perhaps it was a, a pre-incarnate Christ, but anyway, we won't go there today, um, uh, 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 walking with the garden. And so here we have this, this story where Adam and Eve had not sinned, and they were, in, in, they were created in purity, and yet they fell, and God walked, strolled through the garden in the cool of the day. Great time to take a walk for us. Apparently, God liked that too. He thought the cool of the day was a great time to take a walk. He, he, he strolled through the garden, and he was there with them. Well, the fall happens, and that's the end of it. 
That's the end of God's actual physical presence on earth until, of course, a few thousand years later when the Lord Jesus Christ comes. But that's the end of it. Because at that time, when the fall comes, all of human history has changed from this point. Instead of being pure and holy, um, we're corrupted by sin. And we see the very first reaction, well, maybe the first few reactions of, of humankind, of Adam and Eve, are first they hide and then they blame other people, right? Which are kind of the consequences of sin. We're still doing that today, right? You do, you do this, I do this too. Con- oh, it's not my fault. must have been my wife, right? Well, it's not my fault. must have been Satan tricked me. Someone else's fault. Uh, we've been doing it ever since. But one of the things very first up is that they hide, in, hide from God in their, in their sin, and God has to create a covering for them uh, because of their sin. So at that time, from that point forward, God's going to bring about all of this foreshadowing through all of these different uh, themes and structures of the Old Testament. We're going to see him show up in, in incredible ways in, in a representation or, um, or his presence in some res- representation that his people can see, but, but it won't really be fully him. He won't be fully with us until, um, until the very end. So let's talk about that just for a minute. The very first thing is this, is that God's longing to be with us, to be with his people, is his heart's cry in the Old Testament, in the law and the prophets both. Um, you, you know, you remember, you can think about God's presence on earth. You know, one of the very early times is when, when, uh, when Moses sees God in the burning bush and God's speaking to him through the burning bush. One of the times, and here I'll, I'll, uh, we'll actually bring, throw some scripture up this morning, from Numbers chapter 14, verses 13 and 14, when the people of, of, of Israel rebelled against God, you remember this time, the people were, were mumbling and groaning against God for bringing them out of Egypt, and, uh, and they, they, they didn't think they had enough to eat, they didn't think they had enough to drink, they were, they were miserable, they weren't having any, any fun out there in the desert. And so God was tired of hearing it, and so he threatened to destroy them all and raise up a people through the prophet Moses, through his man Moses. But Moses reminded God that it was, that it was God's presence that went before them in the, in the pillars of smoke and fire. And it says, in, uh, it says in Numbers chapter 14, verses 13 and 14, Moses then, then is reminding the Lord of the goodness that he's had toward them. And he says, he's telling them, basically, God, if you destroy them, that's what he's referring to, then the Egyptians will hear about it. By your power, you brought these people up from among them, and they will tell the inhabitants of this land about it. They have already heard that you, Lord, are with these people, and that you, Lord, have been seen face to face, and that your cloud stays over them, and that you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Basically, Moses is standing up and saying, but God, you've already created for yourself this this majestic name that you are the God of these people. You're the God who leads them and guides them. You remember God was showing up in a pillar of fire at night and a pillar of smoke during the day, and the people would know when to move when the presence of God moved before them, and they would follow him because he was their God, and they were what? His people, and he wanted to dwell with them. He he wanted to be with them, and he wanted to lead them. In Exodus, then, in Exodus chapter 29, verses 44 through 46, um, it talks about the building of the tabernacle. You remember they were out in the desert, and and, and they weren't going to build the temple at this time, but God had them build a a tabernacle out in the wilderness that they could basically was a tent that they could basically roll it all up and carry it with them until they got to the next place. And uh, it it talks about God's, uh, one of the primary reasons for him creating the tabernacle is so that he could be with them. So listen what he says here. So, and this is God speaking. So I will consecrate the tent of meeting or the tabernacle and the altar and will consecrate Aaron and his sons to serve me as priests. Then here he goes again. I will dwell among the Israelites and will be their God. They will know that I am the Lord, their God who brought them out of Egypt so that I might dwell among them. 
I am the Lord their God. See, the, the Ark of the Covenant, the Holy of Holies, um, um, even the priesthood, all of those things represented God's desire to be with his people. And they, it wasn't a perfect representation. This wasn't God's plan. It was just his foreshadowing of his desires of, to come, of what was to come. But all of those Old Testament structures, the Holy of Holies, the Ark of the Covenants, uh, the priesthood, all of those things point to this fact. God longs to be with his people. He longs to dwell with us. Listen, Christian, he longs for you. Amen? He longs to be with you. It, it, it was his motivation for, cre- for creating the Ark of the Covenant, which is to be with his people. It was his motivation for the tabernacle. It was his motivation for the priesthood so that he might have a representative, someone who would represent, and it wouldn't be the perfect picture. It would just be a foreshadowing. And what he desires is yet to come. What he fully wants to have happen is yet to come. But all of these things were built on a desire because, listen, he loves his people. He loves you. If you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, he loves you. And, and his, his mercy and his grace, uh, his mercy is another word, is, is translated in some places for the word love in the New and Old Testament. He loves and favors you. He desires and longs for you. Amen? Amen. It's true, isn't it? It's true. Okay. Um, so, but, but, you know, and, and so I, I say all of this, and, and yet, I, you know, I have to step back and think about it. So, this is the God that we believe spoke the universe into existence, right? That he said, let there be a sun, let there be stars, let there be water. Let me create water with a couple of hydrogens and an oxygen. Let me create a little bent on there, on, um, a, a little chemistry in my background, right, that creates hydrogen bonding. He, he created all of this. He invented physics, right? It was all his idea. Gravity, his, right? The world, uh, the fact that stars, how they would burn, how they would be created. He created all of that. And so the, the Bible talks about God in such two just very strange ways. In one way, he's totally transistent. Transist, transist, I can't say that word, transcendent, there we go. He's totally transcendent of all of creation. He's above, he's higher and greater than all of it. And so in some ways, he's like a, he's like a ruling king that's far higher than a, and, and, and above his kingdom. But at the same time, he's the great God who would come on earth as a servant, right? He is, he is the God who is far off, and he's the God who is nearby all at the same time, isn't he? Um, but, but let me focus on his transcendence for just a moment. So this God who created the stars, right? This God who created the planets, this God who created the earth and everything in it, this God, right, is the one who it's just so, so profound. It's so incredible because he doesn't, he doesn't need us, you know? Uh, in some ways, I could talk about the relationship with God, about my relationship between me and, and my wife, Brenda, right? I could talk about our relationship, but it's different, right? I mean, that's a beautiful, matter of fact, the scripture talks about the, the relationship to Jesus Christ and the relationship to his church is like a, a marriage. It, it's like that. Uh, but in a way, it's not like that because I need Brenda. I mean, you know, I, I need her help. I, I, I need her to do things for our, our, in, our, in our home and for our children that I can't do. You know, she's, she's, she's made differently. There's things that she gives our children that I can't give. There's things that she does in our house that really I'm not concerned about, right? Right? It, it, right? If it was just me living in the house, how many pictures do you think there would be? Right? Men, there, there's, there, you know, decorations and stuff, right? There wouldn't be any. But a woman comes and she makes a house a home, right? 
so in that way, it's, uh, it's, it's similar, but, it, but it's different. God doesn't need us. And a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul was preaching to, um, to non-believers in Athens, people who were pagans, believed in all these different gods. But he's, he, Paul's declaring the one true God to, in, uh, to the Athenians. And he, preached, and he said this in Acts chapter 24, verse, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 17, verses 24 and 25. He said this, he said, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. In other words, so he's king, he's supreme above everything. He's Lord of heaven and earth. Everything's under his foot and does not live in temples built by human hands, unlike the Athenians had built all these temples for many gods. And he is not served by any hands, human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. So you see, this God that I'm talking about today, it, this is such a profound thing. He needs nothing from you and I. So why does he want to be with us? Listen, there's, there's a very simple answer here. He loves us, right? He loves his people. He longs for us. He desires us. He doesn't need us like we need other people, but he longs for us in a way that's profound and beautiful and amazing. It's a, it's a, it's, it's, it, and it's captured right in the Song of Solomon where, where we, have this, um, we have this story about two lovers, and, and it's about one lover looking for the other. Uh, and, and we believe that you know basically the way we're supposed to interpret that is not just a story about a man and a woman, but about the desire that God has for his people. Right? A, a, a love that he has for his people, a longing, a desire for them. And, um, and maybe, maybe the most clearly we can see this, um, this God's longing to be with us, maybe most clearly in the name of the Messiah, right? So in, in Isaiah it says this, but Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and will give birth to a son and will call him what? Emmanuel. Now, of all the names that God could have given the Lord Jesus Christ, he speaks through the prophet Isaiah. And what he, tells him to, what he tells him to call, what he tells him even in the Old Testament to call this coming Messiah who would be born 700 years later, what he tells him to call him is what? God with us. Amazing. Profound. That the God of the universe, the transcendent God over everything, would send his son in the world so that he could what? Be with us. He longs for us. He longs to be with us. And he sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be with us, to be God with us. Um, and then we see, let me just bring about the, that, that scripture is actually quoted again in the Old Testament, or the New Testament, I should say, where it talks about uh, Jesus Christ coming and calling him Emmanuel. In the closing book of, of Revelation, in the ending book of the Bible, it talks about the time when all of history would be done with and God would, would, would triumphantly realize his, his goal, his desire. And it says, we just read this this morning, actually in Sunday school, in Revelation chapter 21, verse 3, I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. That verse sometimes is, is translated in, uh, in New Testament as the dwelling. That, that word to tabernacle or dwelling is used in, in, uh, in Greek is used of dwelling. In fact, John used that same word that he talked about. Then the word of God came and he dwelt among us is what John would write in, in, a, in his gospel. And uh, that word tabernacle or dwelling is that same idea from the Old Testament. He pulls back from, from Exodus when they were there, when God was there and his presence was there in the tabernacle and that he would say that God has tabernacled or dwelt among us. And he will dwell among them and they shall be his people. And God himself 
will be with them and will be their God. This is, that's at the end of things. This is at the end of things where, where God has finally done it all. You know, he's dealt with sin. Uh, ultimately, he'll deal with, with Christ's second coming, and, and he'll deal with Satan, and all the enemies of God will be put down. And the final enemy to be defeated that, we talk, that Paul wrote about in Corinthians was death. And he'll put all that away, and all of that will be done. And ultimately, what will happen is God will dwell with his people, and his people will dwell with him beautiful, amazing that this incredible God, this God that we know and love, He desires us. It's an amazing, amazing thing. Um, so let me, um, let me say, I just want to make two more points here, is that God's longing to be with us, is, that's supposed to be evident in our lives. You, you know what I'm saying? That's supposed to be evident in our lives. Um, this is not just some doctrine. This is not some, just some belief that we think, oh, God wants to be with us. Oh, that's nice. You know, check that off and move, move on. It, it, that's actually, it's the testimony of, of, of the book of Acts. It's the testimony of the, of the, of the book of in the, all the letters, the epistles of the New Testament. Is it what, so in, in all the book of Acts, it says over and over again about the sealing of the Holy Spirit that would come upon men um, that ceiling that he talks about that would come upon men is God's presence now with us, with believers, that he himself, by his spirit, um, has sealed us and, and is indwelling us. And over and over again in the book of Acts, it says it's because of the presence of God through the Holy Spirit that people were healed. Because of the, the dwelling and dwelling Holy Spirit that the Apostle Paul was led in his missionary journeys. Because of the, of the indwelling of God through his Holy Spirit that, the, that, the, uh, uh, that the, the apostles and the followers of God uh, would, was, would endure all this incredible persecution that they were going on. Because all of that, because it was evident, it was a revelation that Jesus Christ was dwelling with them because of his Holy Spirit that was indwelling them. Amen? See, the, the life of the church is just supposed to be boiling over with the life of Christ because Jesus Christ inhabits his people. He lives in them by his Holy Spirit, and, and our lives are supposed to be evident, evident of that. Uh, and, the, and the New Testament is just uh, a testimony of what happens when, when God indwells his people and the presence of his Holy Spirit is the reason that the church grew. It's the reason that the apostles healed. It's the reason that those missionaries endured such incredible persecution. Uh, and it's the reason that the church today um, is supposed to be... Um, that it was supposed to be evident of the body of Christ, the life of Christ at work within us. Listen, the reason why the church exists, the reason why we're here is because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, because of God's presence with us. The reason people find salvation, the reason that, that, that the poor are, are taken care of, the reason that, that the sick are healed, the reason that we pray for them is because Jesus Christ's life is being lived out through us and, and God's dwelling with us is supposed to be evident in the life of the church. Amen? All right, so here's my, here's my closing. Here's a closing. Here is this. The life of Christ is lived out through the body of Christ only when the life of Christ is lived out through individual believers. Are you with me? Right, so we all get together, and, and God does amazing things through, through his body because, because his life is, is at work here, and we all have different gifts. We all have different parts. We all have different pieces. But listen, it only works as much as each of us individually are, are, in, are, are drinking in the life of Christ, are drinking in and, and being alone with him. It only works this way, right? So when I'm alone with him, when, it, when I'm alone with God and when I'm alone in his word and his 
life is lived out through me, then we all come together and, and the life of Jesus Christ is lived out through every one of us. It's the only way that the church moves. It's the only way that the church works is when individual believers are having the life of Christ just being filled up in them. Amen? Amen? I want to say just a couple of things uh, about this, just a couple of observations. One is, one is the very first one, and let me just be really honest. God desires with more, to be with me more than I desire to be with him. Do you find this true in your life? Listen, I'm not proud of that. I wish it weren't that way. I, I wish I had the discipline or a, or a heart that was after God more so that it was never a struggle with me to ever be with God. But it is, right? So this speaks of a couple of things. One, it means, it, what, what that means is that this great God that, you know, you and I come together and we talk about in our homes and we teach to our children, our grandchildren, this great God that we, we study His Word, this great God that we, that we absolutely love and adore, we have a trouble being and meeting with him every day, don't we? Why is that? Because, man, I, I don't think we're going to know this side of heaven how wrecked our minds and our hearts have been by sin. I, I mean, uh, can you imagine this? So the greatest person, the greatest intimacy, the greatest uh, being, the greatest time that we could spend in all of our lives, and all of this would, uh, would say this, the greatest thing I could do with my time is to be with the Lord Jesus Christ, to be in his presence every day. Yet why do we struggle with it? Because we're broken. Right? There's something wrong in our minds. There's something wrong in our hearts. There's something corrupted about sin in us. And so that's why God loves to be with us more than we love to be with him. There's something not right, and it's not him, right? <laughs> There's something not right, and it's you, and it's me, right? But let, let me just, I, I, I want to say that. I want to say God desires to be with you more than he, you desire to be with him. God desires to be with me more than I desire to be with him because of this. Listen. You and I have tried over and over and over again to discipline ourselves up to more time with the Lord, right? How long does that work for you? Not very, right? So listen, so what, here's what I'm saying. Discipline is the wrong motivation because it doesn't work, or if it does work at all, it doesn't work for very long. So how about this? How about this? How about the point of my whole sermon? God desires to be with you. He, because of love, because he loves you, because he created you and he saved you on purpose. It was his idea. It was his plan all along. You didn't find yourself in Christianity by some accident. It was his plan from the beginning that you would come to know him through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And he desires to be with you. Listen, let that be your motivation. So here's what happens, right? All the time, we find ourselves outside of the Word of God. We find ourselves not being, spending time in prayer. We find ourselves not being in, in quiet time, and we beat ourselves up, and we end up stepping away from God, which is the exact opposite of what He wants, right? Because we feel ashamed. We feel embarrassed. We feel like we're not worthy. Is that what God wanted? Is that what He wants? Now, we've been talking the entire morning about this. He wants to be with us. So forget the discipline, for, forget trying to do this on the own, forget trying to, you know, you'll pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and let this be your motivation. He desires to be with you. He longs for you, amen? And he wants to live his life out through, through you. Let that be your motivation. When you get up in the morning, when you get up in the morning, you just remember that goodness of God's love. You just remember that, that it's him. He's the one. This, is, this, was, this whole Christianity thing in my life and your life was never meant to work because we were so good at it, right? It's because, you know, the certainty of God's love, the certainty of his longing and his desire for us is the only reason that this works. Um, uh, yeah, so... Uh, 
so yeah, that's where I, I guess I think that's where I want to leave it today. Let, let's just leave it there for today. Let me uh, let me let's pray. Let me pray over you just for for just a couple of minutes here. Heavenly Father, um, Lord, we thank you for all that you've done to demonstrate your love for us. Uh, Lord, it's not just the Lord Jesus Christ, but all the things that you did in the Old Testament to, to point us to Jesus Christ, all the, all the ways that you point to us, that you want us and you want to be with us, even though, Lord, uh, we're so broken uh, and you're so mag- magnificent, so majestic, it, it ought to be the other way around. But, but Lord, we just confess to you, uh, there's something broken in us because we don't, we don't want you, we don't desire uh, to be with you like you desire to be with us. And so, Father, what, what can we say? It's, it's not like we can muster enough of ourselves to overcome this. It's just a dependence, Lord God, that since you, want to, since you desire to be with us, then, Lord, we want to be with you. Since you love us so much, that you've demonstrated your love for us in such an incredible way, since you've decided to come and dwell um, in us by your Holy Spirit, since you sent your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that he might dwell on earth to be amongst your people, Lord God, uh, what do we say? But, Father, because you want to be with us, we want to be with you. I pray that your love and your desire for us would be our motivation to seek you every day, to be in your presence every day, and just to, just to soak it all up, Lord God, that your life might be lived down in us, that you might truly dwell in us, Lord God, in a, more, in a more powerful way. And when you do, Lord, we look forward to the time where you're revealing yourself to the people in our church body, that you're revealing yourself through us to the people in our community, that, that, that the poor are cared for, that, that those who are lost can be found, uh, and all the work that you do, Lord God, when you reveal yourself through us. I pray for that, Lord. I pray for this body, Lord God, that we would be a people who, who it's evident that you're alive and working and dwelling with us. May it be so. We ask this in Jesus' great name. Amen. Amen. All right, I left a, a few minutes here. Uh, we have, I don't know if you noticed, Trey Andrews is here with us this morning. He wanted to speak just a few minutes about what he's going, got going on with YWAM. And uh, uh, Trey, I'm glad you're here today, my brother. And uh, uh, we'll, I'll just let you uh, kind of share what's going on and, and let you close. How about that? Sweet. All right. Hey, if you don't know me, I'm Trey Andrews. It's nice to meet you if I haven't met you. It's good to meet you. Um, I'm with, like you said, an organization called Youth with a Mission or YWAM. Uh, basically, it's a missionary organization and a program. And I've d- I did my schools for a full year, and I've been on staff almost for a full year now. And it's been pretty mind-wrecking and stuff. Well, um, God's really been speaking to me some new stuff. Came home for graduation, and while I've been here, God's just really been speaking about, you know, my heart behind what I'm doing. Um, and, uh, you know, as a missionary, you know, you go to a – you go to there's YWAMs all over the world. And at our base in Tyler, they <laughs> – they rolled out this huge map, and they said, you know, just go go pray for a nation you feel called to. And all these people were like, you know what, I feel called to pray for China. I feel called to pray for this and all this stuff. And uh, I was sitting in, like, the Pacific Ocean, like, oh, I'll pray for the ocean because, you know, I, I don't feel called to a nation. And that kind of gets to me. I'm hanging out with all these missionaries, and I don't feel called to a nation. What's wrong with that? And I was praying, and I was like, God, I think I have an issue or something. I don't think I'm with the right group of people. And then God said, I didn't call you to a uh, nation. I called you to a uh, sphere of influence, if you know what that is. But the spheres of influence are like family, media, church, um, different things like that. And God called me to entertainment in media, and He called me to impact entertainers, to give them positive reinforcement, and to be with them. Like not let the media rip entertainers apart, but tell them who they are in Christ. You know, and um, and show them the truth about themselves. Not beat them over the head with the Bible, but beat them over the head with love and truth, 
and not let people think like, man, you know, I'm just like, I'm, you know, I'm a bad person because of this and that. And tell them like, no, God sees you like this. You know, God sees you like this. This is what God, God wants freedom. And uh, <laughs> this is going to sound so ridiculous, but jo- Jonathan said something really funny over a text message. And uh, he said he was more than free to go do something. And I said, is it possible to be more than free? And he goes, well, if Christ made me more than free, then more and more than free indeed, or I am more than free indeed. But I thought about that, and that's what, like, God wants to speak to people, that they're free indeed, like, you know, that they're more than free indeed, especially with what he said. But God's been speaking a lot. Hopefully I'll be joining the Urban Missions Department, which that means we'll be doing a lot of stuff in big cities. Um, and the next location is Dallas, hopefully. But this summer is going to be awesome and hot and sweaty over in East Texas. Um, nothing huge, no big trips planned right now just because I'm trying to take time and commit um, you know, for a year to the base and to making videos and stuff like that. And uh, right now, the biggest issue is um, right now I'm trying to raise monthly support and financial um, like partnership, and I'm trying to reach 650 a month by the time uh, September hits. And sadly, if it does not, if I don't get up to that point, then I'll have to take a step back, maybe come back to Canyon, reevaluate with God, pray about you know, or is God speaking college? Is God speaking the music industry? What is He speaking? So, hopefully, you know, the next step will just you know. I'm already thanking God for what he's going to provide and the, what he's going to speak. So it's really huge. And it's awesome to be back here. Like, it's so nice to feel the nice dry breeze and not, like, feeling like I'm drowning, breathing the East Texas air all the time from all the trees. They have a lot of trees there, and they're all straight up. And it's really different because all of our trees are sideways here. So maybe maybe theirs is weird. But, yeah, that's that's about all that's going on. Kind of, yeah. See you. Good to have you here with us. Thanks for making the trip in for graduation and being with us this morning. And uh, if if uh, if Lord's speaking to you about um, helping out Trey uh, with a uh, with monthly support, um, man, be sure to be sure and catch him today and talk to him about it. So let's pray. We'll dismiss and uh, hope y'all have a great week and uh, and a great time and in, in dwelling with our God this week. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your goodness toward us. We thank you for your desire to be with us, Lord God. Even Lord, when we were far away from you, even when we didn't give you a thought, Lord God, you were still seeking after us. We, th- we just thank you. We just rejoice in that, Lord God. I pray that, that uh, we would all just be motivated by this fact that you love us and, uh, more than we loved you. We, you. You love us more than, than we can muster. And, uh, uh, Lord, we just thank you for that. Thank you for having us as your desire. Thank you for being the lover of our souls. Lord, we pray for Trey and, uh, and his mission, is his, uh, his next steps, Lord God, that you would provide for him uh, according to your calling. It's in the great name of our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. You all have a great week. Thanks.